0: Welcome to another episode of Spotlight. My name is Logan Coots. We're taking an eagle-eye look at those doing amazing things in the foothills. And our guest today, he's done amazing things all over the world. And when I say all over the world, I mean literally seven out of seven continents. I'm so excited to bring on Stefan. He is the uncharted backpacker. He is the spice merchant. He is, well, I'm just going to jump into this conversation. So let's get into it leading up to this I did a, I did a little research and <laughs> I was surprised. I had no idea. <laughs> adding into my research uh, about your, your travels, about uh, the spices, yeah. about what your life was. So, I mean, like, and, and, reading, I saw a teacher on there. I saw a scuba instructor. I saw a chef. I saw a travel. I saw a photographer, writer. Yeah, it's, all, of it's a these, ride. <laughs> all of these, all of these on their own <laughs> It yeah. would be amazing to talk to you with, but you're all of them. So I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to be chatting with you today. So, um, I, well, I guess we're, we're starting, we're beginning, we are recording. So uh, I'd like to welcome you onto the Spotlight Podcast. Uh, it's featuring uh, those that are doing amazing works for musicians. We've got chefs. Uh, but like I mentioned, you are basically all of these things just tied into one. So welcome. Very yeah. happy to have you.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I like to
0: begin a little bit, uh, you know, way, 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 way back. Where did you grow up? you know what was it like and then you you started your travels at a really young age so uh, let's talk about yeah. those those first couple years uh like did you know what you were going to be when you got older uh but let's start with where did you grow up and uh you know what was what was it like uh, at a young age
1: yeah for sure so um i grew up kind of all over canada my dad's actually uh, he was uh part of the rcmp for 30 odd years and uh because of that we were living all over canada including northwest territories and British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Alberta—so mainly Western Canada—and we even, because of that, uh, especially when we're up in the Northwest Territories, we got the opportunities to go out and stay in Hawaii for quite a few months, and uh, we did quite a bit of travel uh, as when I was young, and that's I think how I got into the idea I wanted to keep traveling, and uh, yeah, that's that's that was my childhood.
0: (laughs) Holy smokes! So yeah, how long? What was the longest that you would be, you know, stationary growing up? Uh, about two to three years. Two to three years. Yeah. My uh that's that's the exact same route that my, my dad did. Uh he okay, my yeah. grandpa was R C M P so hearing his stories of he's like, Yep, yeah, you know, i we'd settle down and then we're moving again. <laughs> it uh (laughs) it it really it it opens something in you where you know you you have that kind of uh you know drifting brain i suppose but yeah so the travel bug you got it really early which is fascinating uh so you were all over the place growing up and uh, at what point did you say you know i gotta gotta get out of here i gotta expand past canada like outside of um... north america (laughs)
1: I'd have been, uh, I had been—I think I was 16 years old—and in uh, in my high school, they gave us an opportunity to uh, fundraise and make a trip to Greece, and uh, it was Greece and Turkey. And uh, yeah, so we we went for three weeks, just traveling around the Greek islands and different parts of Greece, and then we went uh, I took a boat across into Turkey. And I just—I I fell in love with the East at that point. As soon as I entered Turkey, I thought I I'm, I really like this.
0: Oh, why? <laughs> what, then, what what uh, was it that? kept you, you uh, love in that spot?
1: It, it was just so different from uh, the life I know. And mm-hmm. that's what I, I really craved, cool. It's just this, this sense of unknown. And I, I felt like I, uh, at that point, you know, uh, being 16 years old, you feel like you know everything. At that point, I realized I knew nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Less than, because you're, you're in a whole new culture, a whole new world. It's different money. It's different people. It's different language. Earth, like, yeah. it is just so different. And so that's when you were 16? Yes, I was 16. Oh, uh Now, that was uh, kind of a, a group trip, was it? You were not by yourself?
1: Yeah. No, no, we were in a group of, cool. uh, there would have been maybe 10 to 15 of us students and a few teachers, and, and yeah, it was a wonderful experience.
0: So it opened your eyes to the world of travel, and when when did you start saying, I can do this on my own?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I uh, when I was 17 years old, I graduated high school, and I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. <laughs> really? <Woo>! Yeah. <laughs> That's a oh, Hail
0: yeah. Mary. I love that.
1: Yeah. And like it ties into the spices as well, because uh, right before uh, I graduated, I was doing a bit of training to become a chef. And uh, right when I was graduating, I was working as a chef, just uh, sort of like in a practicum. And then uh, I decided I didn't really like being in the kitchen, but I still loved cooking. But mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I bought that one-way ticket to Thailand. And I had no idea what I was going to be doing. But when I got to Thailand, I ended up uh, falling in love with scuba diving. And I got a job teaching scuba diving. And, and it really turned into a whirlwind adventure around the world. <laughs>
0: Holy smokes. So how many years were you in uh, Thailand for? Because you, you, you touched down at 17. How long were yeah. you there for?
1: Yeah, I was in Thailand just under a year. But then okay. I came home and then directly went to India.
0: Whoa. Oh, <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> you really don't spend any, too much time anywhere.
1: That's amazing. No, I've always been a bit of a nomad, you could say. <laughs> uh,
0: so how many, well, I see you've been to seven out of seven continents, which in itself yeah. is a feat. Uh, when did yeah. that kind of begin? How many continents were you like, okay, wait, I got to hit all of them?
1: Um, I never really had a goal to hit all seven continents. Um, it was more so like as I, as I traveled, I got more and more interest to visit more countries. Um, and then it, it wasn't yeah, like I said, it wasn't a goal to hit all seven continents. But I had just gotten so close; I had been to six continents of just pure interest visiting different countries. And then uh, once uh, once I started my travel blog and uh, my blog started to get a little bit more attention, I kind of realized maybe that seven's continent isn't unattainable because I, I always saw Antarctica as um, a place I'd never be able to make it to. And uh, yeah, that's that's when the the bug that I wanted to hit all seven continents finally <laughs> hit.
0: Um, and you had mentioned your um, your travel blog and I, and I wanted to touch on that because uh, it's the Uncharted Backpacker, correct? Yes, it is. And so when did you start that up? Because you, you Probably started it, not with the intention that it would get real big, oh yeah uh, when not. did when did it start taking off a little bit and, and why yeah. even start that?
1: It was about six years ago, so I had already been traveling about um i want to say like six, seven years i'd been backpacking pretty consistently, probably about eight months a year at least and then um uh then yeah it was a friend of mine said, "Hey, you know you should start a travel blog. People would really like to hear some of these crazy stories that you've been." You've been doing these things. And um, so I thought, yeah, okay. And upcoming, I had been planning a trip to Afghanistan when I was going to take public transport across Afghanistan. So the intention of the travel blog was to really touch up on on Afghanistan because I wanted to show this country that uh, that literally gets no attention at all. And, um, yeah, so I, I started the travel blog, did Afghanistan, and when I returned home, I realized that Business Insider and Lonely Planet and, like, some very, very large companies had picked up that I had done that, And uh, at a very early beginning of the blog, it took off really fast. (laughs) Wow. So it was right off the bat. Yeah, it it was surprisingly quick. It was about uh, four months I've had the blog at that point, and I got offered my first sponsorship. Man.
0: And was this a... Kind of a like a blog as you go, like you wouldn't do the trip, come back, and then blog about it. It was, uh, it, it, was it was
1: just when I felt like it, I suppose. <laughs> when you had
0: internet access as well, probably.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: that's real. That's really cool. So, uh, I, I guess I see here the number ninety plus countries. Is that what, what's your estimate yeah, on how many? time
1: I did a count, it was uh, roughly over hundred and ten somewhere. Holy. <laughs> Man. So it's, yeah, it's um, growing pretty fast. <laughs>
0: and, you know, it's uh, a lot of people, you know, they say, I would love to travel the world. And here you are, like, just literally doing that nonstop. I mean, aside probably from yeah. this past year. But uh, it, mm-hmm. is it cool, you know, living out what some people may contri- like consider a, a dream?
1: Um, like, it, it has its ups and downs, of course. Like, uh, I think a lot of people get the impression that um, maybe secretly I'm a millionaire and that's how... I'm able to do it but no for the most part i'm i'm staying with locals you know hitchhiking a lot <laughs> yeah and so i'm not living a luxurious life so but apart from um the struggles that you go through uh having to accomplish some of these goals and to get to these places on a tight budget i i get to experience these these incredibly amazing moments and i think more so than someone who goes on a standard vacation and all the people that would uh my life and and envy to get envious and would like to do that i'd be 100% encourage them because anyone can do this it, it's not that i'm special <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh you just how you just did it which is yeah. what like 90% of people don't do and that's just
1: doing it yeah and that's i always say that that first story that i gave you where uh when i was 17 years old and i bought a one way ticket to thailand uh, of course I, I was pretty scared when i did that. <laughs> it wasn't uh you know, c- complete cur- courage and bravery, but um, so that's why I always say to people, like, "Yeah, it's scary, and and it can going into the unknown. It's it's unpredictable, but like I said, anyone can do it. So I always encourage people. See my life as an example of what you could do too. Oh man, and I, and
0: I would love to. I'd love to chat with you about how that turned into spice, or how spice maybe turned into that and that existence. But uh, before we we get to uh, to that, because I think that's how most people, at least around here, might know or recognize you. Um, oh, I would I would love to uh, just you know do some some highlights, maybe some lowlights of you know the past. What is it, eleven years that you've been uh traveling the world, maybe eleven plus years. Uh, yeah. So I, I just you had mentioned, you know, some uh, I guess what people might consider sketchy places. Uh, have you been to dangerous places? Have you been to total relaxation places? Uh, are there any moments that come up as I'm saying that?
1: Yeah, like I, I like I said before, it's been of a whirlwind adventure because <laughs> I, I am not. Prejudice to visiting anywhere. I like relaxing beach beach vacations as much as I like backpacking through a war zone. (laughs) But uh, yeah, like I've been anywhere from like some of my highlights. Uh, I worked in North Korea for a while. Whoa. And I found North Korea just absolutely fascinating because it's, as you can imagine, it's quite bizarre. And then um, anywhere from like, yeah, North Korea to uh, I went hiking across Tibet. I went up to almost 7,000 meters on Mount Kailash on a holy mountain on a pilgrimage. And then to yeah, working as a scuba diving instructor in Thailand, <laughs> it's uh, it's been a little bit of everything, and it's super enjoyable. And the the countries that stick out most are they're always the most unexpected ones. Um, for example, last or uh, two years ago now, um, I decided to do a trip across Yemen, and obviously Yemen right now, its current political climate's quite volatile, but um, the the culture there just really fascinated me, and I really wanted to find out more about that. And I, there were some people still uh, locals trying to promote some form of tourism to bring the the country back to some sort of normalcy. Mm. So I got in contact with a couple different uh, contacts in Yemen, and I got to discover such a absolutely incredible country while I was there. And and it, it did become one of my favorite countries, despite like I ran into many issues, obviously. <laughs> but uh, it's places like that that always stick with me. So.
0: And so do you prefer, obviously you prefer the, the relaxing, but there's something, do you find something, you know, attractive and welcoming about the danger as well?
1: I think, to me, actually, I prefer absolute chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always loved uh, it being a little bit wild. And it doesn't need to be dangerous. Yeah. Like I think lots of people think that maybe I uh, enjoy the danger aspect, but it's more so the the unknown. Yeah. Um, so, for example, when I when I backpack across a country like Thailand, it's wonderful. I love the food. I love the culture, the cuisine, the people. But I can predict almost how every day is going to go because, you know, tourism is quite structured there. Mm-hmm. And uh, growing up, I always read books about these adventurers who, who braved the unknown. You know, they had no idea what the next day was going to hold for them. And when I can get myself into a situation like that, not knowing what tomorrow looks like or what, you know, the next few months will even look like that. That's what really excites me. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, I also I love hiking. So I end up going on some of these insane hiking adventures. Like in Tibet, I spent like seven days on that pilgrimage. And every day I had no idea where we were going. We are just following some monks. And
0: <laughs> it was really wild. <laughs> Uh, do you struggle with language barriers at all or when you're in that situation? Because I've, I've heard like, oh, if you just get dropped in, like it's not as hard as you may think. Do you find yeah, that a, it, a problem?
1: We we all do speak the same language, I find. It might not be an actual formal language, but there hasn't been a country that, uh, you know, we all speak the language of food and mm. we all speak the same humor. Like it's it's very easy to get by, you know, with hand signals and Everybody knows what you're there for, anyways. You know, you're, as a tourist, you're there to experience and see the cultures, and meet the people, and try the food, and and it, it, you don't need to speak the language in order to discover most of that.
0: So. <laughs> and so, I saw on your um, on your site or uh, on your your site there that you had done uh, base camp of Everest. Yes, and I I know that's I. For some reason, on my bucket list, um, going to the top—not a chance. I, I don't ever want to experience yeah, that. But <laughs> uh, yeah. actually, I heard somewhere that it was—it's cheaper to go to Antarctica for a week than it is to go to the top of Mount Everest and back, which is fascinating. Uh, but yeah. the 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 base camp there—is that something that is obtainable for most people?
1: Um, you got to be in good shape. Like it's a good twelve days uh, Whoa, walk there. Twelve no. days. Yeah, that and you have to acclimatize. No <laughs> so, like the biggest danger with somewhere like Everest Base Camp, it's not even a matter of uh, of getting there or anything like that. It's it's adjusting to the uh, the altitude. The altitude is uh, we don't we don't deal with altitude sickness or altitude in general in Canada. So none of us are really understanding of what it is. But yeah, altitude is, uh, needless to say, a pain in the ass. So. Wow. Man, I,
0: I mean, that is something I had not considered. Wow. Because, yeah, if, there's, I mean, if you can hike, you can probably do it. But it's the it's the oxygen or lack thereof that'll get of you. Course,
1: right? yeah. Yeah, when I was on, I think it was my eighth or ninth day, I met a, uh, a base camp doctor. And he had gone up to base camp, I think he said somewhere upwards of 90 sometimes, because he works there as a doctor. Yeah. And uh, the next day he got altitude sickness and actually I turned back. And so he said that uh, it can hit anyone at any time. And it's true. Like it's, you can definitely train for it and there's things you can do to prevent it, but. It really can sneak up
0: on you. So, <laughs> oh, well, travel in the world is—I mean, it's—it's it's fascinating. And listening to you, man, it is—it's uh, inspiring. It's kind of heartbreaking because none of us can travel right now. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess we'll just have to dream and stare at your site all day. Uh, yeah. At least that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, so, before we get into uh, some some spice stuff, uh, I guess just want to do kind of a, a quick question here. Uh, what are some quick, easy, granted, if we can travel, um, some quick, easy, just like mind-blowing adventures that if people wanted to get away, go to somewhere, you know, off the beaten trail, per se. Uh, where are those places? Like Yemen, you said, was probably one of your favorite unexpected ones. Are there others that you could recommend to someone maybe just kick-starting a, a globe-trotting experience?
1: Well, for sure. Like... uh For example, though, Yemen, um, I would not recommend anyone go to Yemen at this moment just because the uh, the situation is quite dangerous. And you can find adventure like that without having to go someplace (laughs) like Yemen. But um, one that comes to the top of my mind is uh, Mongolia. I I spent two months in Mongolia with two friends of mine, and we rented an old Russian van and just drove across the country. And it, it was absolute raw adventure. And most of the places we went, there were no maps or guidebooks that could help us. So I would, uh, I would highly recommend Mongolia as a stepping stone to get yourself into that real wild adventure. And, and like you said, you want to do Everest Base Camp? Nepal is another great example. Um, I've been to Nepal, I think eight or nine times now, cause I just, I, I'm absolutely in love with that area of the world in general, but there's adventure to be had all over the place
0: <laughs> there's even adventure to have in a in a cuban all inclusive but i mean it's it's where you kind of want to <laughs> <laughs> where you want Why to start not? and kick off, eh? Uh, sweet. Yeah. So let's get into uh, the spice merchant stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people, even leading up to this interview, I said I have an interview with with a, with a spice guy, and they say, "Oh, I know that guy, blonde hair, hey, fantastic." Yeah. Uh, so you know, how did that start? I guess it kind of goes hand in hand, especially with trips to to India and and a lot of those uh, you know Middle Eastern countries because it is such a hub for spice. So oh, for how sure. did that? you know, like, evolve into uh, bringing spice to, well, I guess, our part of the world?
1: Yeah, like, it all started with um, my second trip there when I had said I had came home from Thailand and then I went to India. And when I was going across India, I just, I really fell in love with all the different spices and flavors within their cuisine. And uh, I brought quite a bit of that knowledge home. And I started uh, making my own spices because I didn't find I was able to find uh, a lot of the spices here in Canada, the blend specifically. And I wanted to maintain and still learn and discover more of Indian cuisine. And uh, I also needed money because I wanted to travel. <laughs> so I uh, I was hanging out with my one friend in Strathmore. His name is AJ Pal Singh. And we were talking about spices and he's from India. And he told me that uh, making all these spices, why not try selling in a farmer's market? I thought, oh, that's a good, that's a pretty good idea. Let's give it a shot. And so I ground up some spices. I hand-wrote the labels on my jars and <laughs> went to the market. And I had a pretty successful first day. And I thought, oh, this is this is big, because a lot of people, not just uh, people that are new to spices, a lot of uh, foreign workers were coming in and saying, I haven't seen this spice since I was back home. And so them, their eyes lighting up when they smelt and said, this is this is real. This is the authentic one. I thought, okay, this is something I want to introduce to this area of the world. I want to bring all these flavors I've been experiencing. And, and then every trip I'd come home with new recipes and new spices. And, and the business just slowly grew and grew. And then it went from farmers markets across British Columbia, across Alberta. And then eventually I found home here in Calgary and uh, I opened up a shop in Crossroads Market.
0: And that's your, uh, that's home base, I guess now, hey?
1: Yeah, the the main location in Crossroad Market. That's our home base, and then uh, we also sell in uh, Millerville Market near Okotoks here. Okotoks Farmers Market. We're in natural foods grocery stores and all over the place.
0: Oh <laughs> man! So what? Did, that first uh, market that you had done. How many spices did you? Were you you know, bringing to people?
1: Yeah, I had six different spices. Oh, a whopping <laughs> six! And where are you at now? uh well over
0: 400. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah, Holy <laughs> smokes. Congrats. And so are you making your own or are you just pulling pulling inspiration from all over, you know, your travels in the world?
1: Yeah, so like all the spices are made by me, my mother, my girlfriend, my dad. We all work together as like as a family. And um I bring the recipes from abroad and then the spices now um all the connections I've made while I was traveling. I made sure to meet some farmers that produce these spice. And uh, now I have connections all over the world. And, you know, with social media and WhatsApp, I'm able to connect with them very fast. And I'm able to get spices here directly from them. Meaning, if it's harvested last week, I can get it this week. <laughs> oh,
0: Lee, and you're—I mean, you're—you're you're helping them out. You're—you're you're doing the sustainable thing. You're not doing the, exactly. the the big thing, um, and you're helping out, you know, the growers, the little guys, and getting advice from those people too, which I find fascinating because you you don't know the good tips until you've talked to the people that you know grow well, it, and, and that's just
1: it. I, I uh. I want to take their secrets because some of these people, it's, you know, multiple generation, generations uh, that they use this recipe. So it's very ancient knowledge, you could say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, to promote you a little bit, uh, let's talk about some of those um, th- those. I guess top shelf spices that uh, you've encountered and that you sell or that you make. Uh, if if people are you know experiencing what you've got for the first time, uh, what are some of those like top notch, blow your mind stuff that you you currently have?
1: Yeah, um, I I always tend to be drawn towards the more like odd and rare spices. Ooh, ooh. Um, I also have this like massive addiction to chilies. <laughs> Not so much even spicy ones, just. Chilies in general, I love them. And on the topic of chilies, I, uh, for example, I carry a chili from Oaxaca, Mexico, called Paseo Mije, and it's grown by an indigenous group in Sierra Norte. Um, they produce very small quantities of it, and it's a smoked chili. So I, uh, I'm, yeah, I really love this chili because they just, it's very rare. It's very difficult to find. Um, another, another spice I really love is uh, I have a spice blend called Vanetti. Uh, it comes from a small mountain town in the Caucasus Mountains in Georgia. Ooh. And uh, most of the spices within this blend are handpicked by shepherds because they don't even, to, to translate them to English, they don't actually have literal translations.
0: <laughs> Whoa! So, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, you're kind of just bringing it here and making it your your own, but with them, that fascinating my man yeah so uh the spice merchant uh it's well i guess growns past just you like you've got uh your your little family that's uh, that's doing that are you guys thinking about growing some more uh, what's uh what's the next oh, step for spice like, merchants
1: especially now um with being stuck home with the pandemic it's given me uh, quite a bit of opportunity to look at what i want to do with the business
0: cool.
1: and um having our storefront now in crossroads markets made me realize that yeah this is it's not just for me, right? It's for my family, and I see that we're helping these farmers out abroad, bringing in this spice, and it, everyone's benefiting from it. And, of course, my customers, they're they are discovering these flavors, and now they want them too. So I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to grow more. And I think uh, maybe another storefront within Calgary is on the horizon. So Ooh,
0: Nice. And, I mean, it's a great customer retention being the only one in the world to hold it. <laughs> exactly (laughs) you have to come to me guys uh no that's that is fantastic man like i i'm as um as we're talking i I have my like whole sheet of notes here of interesting things that you have said and it's just i'm on to two pages now so (laughs) it's it's fascinating man um you've got a wild story so i I just gotta say thank you again for taking time to share it with me um obviously you've you've been sharing your story for quite a while is it um, something that you expected uh, growing up and doing those first couple of trips, you know, at 16 or 17? Uh, did you expect yourself to be the guy giving travel advice and, and bringing stuff from all parts of the world, you know, back back home? Like, what did you expect yeah, that at
1: when all? When I was when i was 16 17 traveling absolutely not i had no idea what was <laughs> are you, we, we don't know who we are at 16 or 17 <laughs> no no I, I, i'm 31 and i don't know yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> do we ever find that out oh man yeah
1: i'm not sure <laughs> but that's
0: so uh where, where is home base for you now um and kind of touching on on covid because obviously you i expect you weren't traveling a whole lot um no. where where is home base now where are you spending a lot of your time
1: yeah, home base is, I live here in Okotoks, and uh, and yeah, Okotoks in Calgary, this is home for now, and home base, and uh, once travel reopens here in the hopefully n- near future, then um, I don't know, I'm not too sure where I'll end up. Oh, it, that's the
0: exciting part of it, hey! Eh?
1: Exactly. <laughs> not knowing.
0: So over COVID, I had uh, seen that you know, right at the beginnings of COVID, you were still traveling, but came right back home. So I, yeah. especially these last couple of uh, you know months, I, everybody that I chat with, I, I want to ask them what their COVID experience was like because one, I want to document this stuff because this is fascinating and it's still happening, and two, it's it's incredible hearing everybody's stories how they you know coped with being stuck, and I imagine that almost drove you insane, but let's talk about the early COVID into, you know, COVID. As a man that has to travel the world but isn't,
1: (laughs) what was it like? I was was pretty fortunate because when uh, when COVID became a little bit more serious, I was already abroad. Um, And I was actually in Antarctica, and I I was working there for my photography. And uh, so we were you could say I was so far from anywhere else in the world that (laughs) it's like COVID didn't really exist. Wow. And uh, yeah, when I returned from Antarctica, I was in Argentina. I went back to Brazil, but then you could see um, that was, I think, late February, maybe even into March. um, You could see things were starting to change pretty rapidly. So I decided that maybe, maybe it is a good time to go home. And just like everybody else, we didn't expect that to happen. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, when I got home, that's when uh, lockdown first hit. And, yeah, it was uh, pretty difficult at first because I I am used to being abroad and, you know, always doing something. And I had to get used to, well, essentially doing nothing, just sitting at home and making plans. And I think I probably made uh, 30 or 40 different trip ideas within (laughs) those few months. (laughs) Um, none of them have happened. I haven't traveled since then. I decided that, uh, not just for uh, moral reason, but my own personal self, I thought this is a, a good, a good, good idea for me to just stay home for a bit and see what what that's like. I've never done that, so Did and you, um, yeah, a chance yeah, to work on. on and on. Ooh.
0: Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was uh, I was gonna say gave you a chance to work on the spice merchant, like you had said before. Yeah, so, hey, it worked. And out Not well. just
1: the spice merchant. Like I definitely uh, I worked a lot on the spice merchant because um, I, I enjoy it. Frankly, it's it's a lot of fun. But it also gave me a lot of time to look back at a, a lot of the adventures I have had and start documenting lots of the pieces that I've missed. And and yeah, that's what I'm still doing. <laughs> and that is. It,
0: it's it's um, unfortunate that you had to, you know, uh, we'll cut your travels uh, so dramatically, um, but, you know, it's, it's really nice, you know, having some time to, you know, ground yourself maybe and, you know, work on yourself yeah, exactly. a
1: little bit, which is. I which get is, to spend a lot more time with my family, my niece and nephew, they're now getting a bit older, so it's quite exciting to see them and. And I know my girlfriends appreciated me being home a little bit more.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's kind of, le- it leads me into uh, the, the question, what does your family think of all of this? When you made that first trip, that one-way trip to where you are now, What is what has yeah, been your family's they, adventure?
1: <laughs> they they have, because uh, like I said, we grew up traveling, so cool. they always encouraged me to do this. My, my mom and dad were some of my biggest inspiration to actually make this adventure. And uh, they always told me, to to just go out and do it, you know, don't let anything stop you, just push and and go see the world, and I did, and of course now with some of these adventures getting a little bit more crazy, they get a little nervous here and there, but...
0: (laughs) Uh, Will they be coming with you on any adventures in the future?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, my, My father, he came to Cambodia with me, and we traveled all through Cambodia. In Thailand, and then my mother she came on a few trips she 's been to the Middle East with me, and wow, uh, she had just even this last trip when I was in Antarctica when I went back to Brazil. Um, I worked with a tourism initiative in the Amazon, and we they gave me a boat from the eighteen hundreds and I brought my mother down, and we took this boat down into the middle of the Amazon and <laughs> it was pretty
0: wild <laughs> Are there any places you wouldn't want to take them? <laughs>
1: Yes, of <laughs> lots of places. <laughs> Are there any places you won't go back to? Uh, no, I have. I, I can't say I've ever visited a place that I, I didn't find something I liked.
0: Huh? Well, oh, I mean, that's a very glass half full way of thinking about it. There, Stefan, I uh, love that.
1: Yeah, of course. I, I don't like everything, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
0: you had said, there's there's ups and downs, but that's it's human to adapt. It's it's human to. Um, change what we're doing. It's human to you know just explore. So it's, exactly, it's yeah. cool that you're you're doing it at its most I guess pure level, which, which is amazing. Um, and so now you are well, you're you know documented. You've explained your travels. You're helping people with you know travel advice. You've got your incredible site and the Spice Merchant. What's next, man? I mean, tr- more travel, I assume. But uh, any big picture stuff or like you kind of mentioned before, you're you're, you're keeping it in. of in the air
1: yeah like I I I have I have plans obviously but um, I never want to um, stick to my plans too (laughs) much because it's so unpredictable Um, but yeah my goals for uh, the future here like obviously the spice merchant I want to keep this going and it's a good opportunity for me and my family and uh, and others Uh, but one big thing I've always uh, aspired to be and I have now is, is work more as a photographer uh, I really love photography and I worked. Uh, now I've been contracted through like National Geographic and a couple big name companies. And yeah, I'd like to get more into that. I had a couple contracts this year, and if things open up and we get the ability to travel, I should be back up in the Arctic and Zalbard photographing polar bears and oh. maybe back down in Antarctica. And I have a couple in Africa. So. Uh, any of that i guess
0: <laughs> any uh, inspiration from your uh, for your photography anybody that you uh, you know uh, respected or admired that you kind of draw influence from
1: um there's quite a few different photographers i uh i really do draw influence from pretty much anyone who's photographed for national geographic <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, my honestly i'll tell you right now my biggest inspiration um not so much just for photography but just in general when i travel was uh anthony bourdain i uh, to this day i still Still will read his books and watch his shows.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and I mean, a, a man with a uh, with, with a similar bug to just explore and meet and just see things that you know deserve to be seen. So I, I, yeah, can I definitely
1: I he, see he saw the saw the world how he saw it, but uh, he showed that how it actually is, and that's what I've always respected. So
0: that's awesome I, I've got no other major questions here for you man you've given me quite the uh, the life story and I, I can't thank you enough for it and uh, I'm sure yeah. I mean you said what 110 countries like we could sit here and talk about each one <laughs> and
1: yeah, I would exactly. love to-, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> um, to do a few interviews I- <laughs> yeah,
0: this is part one of a multi-part series exactly. uh, now available on Netflix <laughs> anyways um, so <laughs> before I, uh, I got a bit of a, uh, a lightning round with just uh, some, some questions I'd love to get off the top of your head but how can people sure. get in Touch with you. How can people, you know, find your stuff if they wanted to explore uh, your, you know, the Spice Merchant? Uh, where are you on? Because, well, I mean, everything is online. Uh, but how can they? How can they find your stuff?
1: Yeah, like there's uh, two channels you can go through. So if you want to contact me through the Spices, um, the Spice Merchant.ca. All the contact details are on there. Plus there's an Instagram page, Facebook page, and likewise for Uncharted Backpacker, it's UnchartedBackpacker.com. I have Instagram, Facebook, everything's available there. You can contact me through anytime you want.
0: Awesome. And uh your shop located in uh up in Calgary. Where is that again?
1: Yeah, it's in Crossroads Market.
0: Awesome. And they can uh, learn a bit more about uh we yeah, Spices. just I'm there the every world.
1: weekend if you want to come have a chat.
0: <laughs> hey, nice. And once market's open up, I'm I'm sure we'll be seeing you around too, eh?
1: Oh, for sure. We're already signed up for uh, Millerville and Bearspaw Market here in Calgary area, so
0: awesome, sweet. All right, so this is kind of a, a lightning round. I'd love to get just the answer off the top of your head. Uh, when you are backpacking, hitchhiking, just out there, uh, what are four things that you absolutely have to have on you? Ooh,
1: well, obviously a passport. Uh, <laughs> maybe that one's a bit too obvious. No, that's good. Um, that's good. <laughs> one, one, and this is the most major one out of uh, out of four or whatever number you give. This is the most major one. Always bring your camera on you because you never know whether you're on the transport, you're on a camel, you're hitchhiking, whatever. Every time that I've had the opportunity to take a once in a lifetime uh, photograph, I usually had already forgotten my camera at the oh, hotel.
0: Holy <laughs> smokes! So always have one. Bring yeah, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Point and clicks are so small these days. You just exactly. stick one on your body. Uh, <laughs> do you prefer to so, uh, travel solo or with somebody?
1: Ooh, that's a big topic. Um, I I enjoy aspects of both, to be honest. I love discovering the world with people, showing either my family or my girlfriend. I I love seeing their face discover these new places as well. Uh, But at the same time, I also like going on my own because when I'm by myself, I, I have different experiences. So I think they, they, they're both important, and you shouldn't limit yourself to just one.
0: When uh, when you're off, you know, in the middle of nowhere, uh, what do you miss most about being home, whether it be a person or a thing?
1: Ooh, mm. um, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a good, strong cup of coffee. I, I really, especially in the morning when you wake up and you're miles away from any form of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so coffee is important when you're traveling, hey?
1: Yeah, and you know uh, you can find coffee in a lot of countries, but uh, a lot of times no. Like when I was in Papua New Guinea, it was almost two months of no coffee, so I went through some withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right, this is a, a two-parter. It's uh, which country has the best weather, and which country has the worst weather in your experience?
1: Ooh, so the worst weather I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have to say is maybe, well, maybe Iceland. Iceland really? has just awful weather it is super windy and cold but it really makes the the landscapes unbelievable because of that weather and i wouldn't want iceland any other way let's get that straight it has to have bad weather yeah it makes it amazing (laughs) (laughs) and uh some of the best Um, mm, best is all perspective because if you love seasons then you know you want to be somewhere northern but Mm -hmm. if you like the tropics and you like heat so it's it's uh that one's a really tough one for me to answer, Whoa. to
0: be honest. <laughs> uh, all right, and these are the uh, the last two, and they're they're following up on your uh, possibly about your photography. Um, uh, so it's yep. what is the most interesting animal that you have seen, like kind of one on one or gotten close to, and I guess follow up is did you take a photo of it?
1: Yeah, um, there's a couple of them actually. Uh, I think I'm probably saying this just because it was my most recent trip, but um, penguins. My God, I love penguins. The first time I saw them, there's just armies of them, and they do not fear people in any way. They'll come up and they peck your boots, and they walk right up to you and look at you, and they just have these weird little personalities. And like I could just spend days watching them.
0: <laughs> Holy smokes! Uh, and I guess last question. This is uh, the final one here. What's the last book you read? And uh, um, the
1: last yeah. book. Well, I, I'm currently. I'm um, just about done it, I guess. But I've read it before as uh, Kitchen Confidential's Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, there it is. Uh, any yeah. recommendations on books that you've read?
1: Um, specifically for travel, there's quite a few. Um, you know what? This one just came out on Netflix. I saw The White Tiger was out now. And uh, yeah, The White Tiger read, is a travel book if you're interested in India. I always found that one to be one of the more fascinating ones. But uh
0: <laughs> well, Stefan, thank you so much um
1: like I had said at the beginning,
0: like uh any one of your traits that I had written down here would have made it amazing to talk to you, but yeah. you are all of them the from scuba teachings <laughs> travel scuba you've been to Eve, all yeah. <laughs> um, exactly it's 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 amazing to chat with you. Thank you so much for yeah, know, sharing sharing your your story.
1: I just want everyone to like I said at the beginning of this interview, I want you to stop thinking about travel and get out there and do it. You know, there's so much of this world you should go see. And regardless of your financial situation, you can do what I did. Just sleep on someone's floor and travel and do it everything you can. That's I wanna encourage people to do it. <laughs> Stefan,
0: thank you so much for taking some time, chatting with me, sharing your travel, sharing your story. And I'm very excited to try out some new spices. If you want to find out some more details about Stefan and his journey and his adventure and his spice merchant world, uh, look below in this blog. Or if you're listening on SoundCloud, uh, you can find the link on okotoksonline.com. But that's it for another episode. We'll chat again next Thursday. It's Spotlight. If you would like to be featured, get in touch with us. Until next time.